just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 56 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is Season 3, Episode 11, Return of the Future. Error. Reconfiguring. Perspective, nephew. I'm here to adjust yours. It's going to have problems with her hands. Someone yeah. she can pick up plates and not feel that they're boiling. You uh-huh. know, she's got asbestos fingers. They're going to be rough. What is that? Is that like, a crow's foot? What the fuck? At the cafe, like, can I can I see something Italian? Can I see that it had an impact on you? Can I see that what Keith and Lucas went through for them six weeks that you were away were worth it, Karen? Karen! You want the person you've become? Then do something about it, because no one's going to do it for you. Karen! Wild dreams are born. Wait, why are you making this shit up? What you, what's wrong with you? Be, no, not Philip. Felix. <laughs> Felix not working. Felix, it's over. <laughs> the Asthma's doing you wonders. I watched him have a shit in an alley and I watched him kiss his first girlfriend. Must have been a big dog. <laughs> <laughs> when do you plan to start living? Hello, mate. Hello, guys. How you doing, Boozy? That's a one dunk and you're done kind of biscuit. I'm not fucking about me. He's like, don't be mean, no, Simon. Listen, keep being mean. I'm gonna make you call me Colonel, okay? ATM over here. You just become a raven. Love that. Love that. Love that. Don't in the snow. Keith, what is slab and beef? Absolutely. A los cuevos, a One Tree Hill podcast. Soy Simon, why me encanta One Tree Hill. Holiday. I was not expecting that. <laughs> So hello and welcome to the Ravens of One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 3, Episode 11, Return of the Future. Dom, we're here, we are alone. How are you, my man? I'm good. I am very good. I'm... I was hoping to be podcasting from my flat this evening. However, there were issues with broadband instalment. So I have got to do it from here. My folks home for another week. No internet, no dummy. There you go. That's the rules. Them be the rules. <laughs> how can how can you binge watch Chicago Fire? without the internet you can't (laughs) oh trust me i've got a lot of data (laughs) unlimited data o2 is is crumbling again who is it 
is someone called Dommy. He just won't stop streaming. It's impossible the amount he's streaming. It's E E. <laughs> Kevin uh, Bacon do, knows what's up. I do like basically have unlimited data, and whenever I'm at the flat, I just because I haven't got Wi-Fi, I'm just sitting there watching Chicago Fire on my phone. <laughs> I haven't got anything else to watch it on, so there you go. But that's exciting, though. That next next week we'll be. What are we on? So I just said it twice. This is episode eleven, isn't it? So when we're covering episode twelve, close. That must. That's like basically the midpoint, right, of the season. Mm-hmm. So the second half of season three, you'll isn't be there twenty. There. Is there twenty two episodes a season? Yeah, so something this is, like that. This is the exact midpoint, isn't it? Yeah. If it's 11. Yeah. yeah, so your first half you do there. Look, I know One Tree Hill. I just, I, I don't know the titles. Evidently, we know this. <laughs> and I don't really know in what episode happened with what this, that, and the other. Marie knows all of that. Like, she's the sort of person you can ask, and she'll be like, oh, yeah, episode seven of the whatever season. She helped me. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say, but 100%, but something that that you were inquiring about for something for your jersey that we're getting through Wayne. Oh, yeah. I asked I asked her <laughs> and within like two minutes she'd like found it, screenshotted it. I sent you the screenshot, but it's from like a future episode, so I sort of retracted some of the information around it. But yeah. Yeah. But it's nothing that really needs to be a secret. So it's not a spoiler. And no, I, I just don't want to say it now in case you want to keep it for the reveal of when the when yeah, it comes I think, out. Yeah, yeah. I think people will enjoy what I've got made on the back. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was so excited. You said it as a joke. I said it as a joke. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is silly. And then you were like, no, no, do it. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I've gone for it. Do you know what I'm thinking? When we There's one more color. So we've done the white. We're doing the blue. There's one more color that you haven't seen yet, so I'm not going to say what it is. And uh, when we do that order, that will be it. It's a trilogy order. Nothing more beyond that. I might get Wayne's name. (laughs) 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 Like his last name and everything. And just be like, this one's for you, buddy. We should all get Wayne's name and his favourite number. We should all get that. That's a great idea. <laughs> well, do you know what's been cool about this one? So the order is gone. I've uh, it like it sounds like it's uh, you'd think it would be easy, but actually coordinating like fifteen people and having to speak to them individually to get addresses, sizes, uh, getting the uh, whether they're having shorts with it. Is it just the jersey? Some people are getting two, so they want this on that, that on the other, and all this sort of stuff. It takes long, and then to put it all, I have to put it all into a spreadsheet to give it to him, so it's all just easy for him to digest. And with uh, I've I've worked out a little something with uh, with Lauren, Texas Lauren, OG Lauren. We've got OG Lauren, and then we've got Lauren that is LD to the motherfucking G, Lauren, LDG, New York. That's our differentiation there. And what's perfect? Our podcast has created a friendship there. Lauren they have matching pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> they have matching pajamas. <laughs> To watch nice. One Tree Hill in. Yeah, it's dope. Um, why don't we have matching pyjamas? Why don't we have matching pyjamas? Okay. 
<laughs> I'm not opposed to this. Okay. What kind you of pajamas think, do you... You always think I'm going to throw up these barriers every time. You're always so surprised when I go along with it. I'm going along with this one. I'm all right with the matching pajamas. I only just <laughs> managed cord. to get you to... Oh, God. That's anyway. like the third or fourth time the cord has... Who would be more embarrassed about that story if we were to ever tell it? Me or you? Me, always. <laughs> Forever and always. This is this is my disgusting one... mate Simon. <laughs> Wait, it wasn't. We can... How old were we? We were kids. Ten. Yeah. Well, it happened, and then it was funny. <laughs> Look, one something happened there, right? And the result of which that couldn't be helped. That happened during sleep, and then we had you're, then... you're making it sound worse just stop it's not that weird it's not that bad let's just move on nobody needs to know we're all good <laughs> we were kids okay just leave us out of this <laughs> my therapist has told me it's fine to talk about <laughs> i'm joking and it's just stupid kid things farts and things you know how it goes um <laughs> but... <laughs> so we we're gonna get matching pajamas because lauren and lauren are out doing us well, that, but also I've only just managed to get you to start FaceTiming me. So Dom oh. doesn't like, he doesn't like FaceTiming. And I've decided that I want to be the kind of friends that can just pick up a FaceTime. So I just started doing it <laughs> until he will answer. What, and then when he, oh. It really made me laugh when you sent me, you WhatsApp me. <laughs> like, you just FaceTimed me. I didn't answer. And I, I texted you immediately to say, I'm sorry, mate, I'm working. And you were like, yeah, that's fine. I'm just going to FaceTime you until you answer. Like, I will get that answer one day. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, I better answer, like, the next time. Otherwise, this will never end. <laughs> and you did. We had a lovely FaceTime earlier this evening. You informed me that I was bleeding from my hand, which I was unaware of. And I was. We thought we located the cut. Uh, it continued to bleed for a long time. My wife was not interested in... <laughs> kissing it better um and that's it was a great facetime it it was valuable for some of us <laughs> why don't you like facetiming we basically facetime for like three hours a week doing a podcast this is okay because there's there's valuable content and chat out of this is Whereas there? with a FaceTime, so with FaceTime is exactly the same as a phone call. Whenever you phone, but you have the unfortunate pleasure of looking at their face. So with a phone <laughs> call, they literally go like this. Hi. Hello, you right? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Right. What would you fucking want? Like, can we get to the point? I, I, I literally <laughs> just send it to me in a text. There's nothing you, that you can say to me on the phone that you couldn't have written down. So, you know, voice okay, notes but... are fine. I like voice notes. They're okay because, again, I'm not live on the phone with someone waiting for them to tell me some useless bit of information. Just, do you know what I mean? I hate it. I just, I hate phone. I, do you know what it stems from? What? I figured this out a little while ago. It stems from conversations with my dad, especially on the phone. He's Why? Just phone etiquette, behaviours. What are awful and I hate them because there's li it's literally that it's uh hello that so phone rings me going hello Dominic yes <laughs> and 
then there's a, a pause, an unnecessary pause for so long. I'm like, you still there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you uh, bring this to the workshop for me? Yeah, okay. Where is it? Then there's another unnecessary pause. And it's, it's painful. And it upsets me. And and then it just goes from there. And then like 45 minutes later, I still don't know where this thing is that he wants. And it, it it's just a pointless conversation. And it happens all the time. So, you said behavior. Like that just sounds like it's just uh, maybe he's processing information or he's, I don't know, like just maybe he's doing something. He's multitasking. Processing he's information. He phones me. I don't phone him. <laughs> But to be to be fair, I mean, he is processing information. I mean, I don't I don't know how people that are multilingual work, but maybe is it maybe is processing it and translating it and then getting his answer and translating it back. It doesn't happen in normal conversation. Is that what you're saying? It just happens on the phone. I mean, it's worse on the phone, but it happens in real life as well. <laughs> but it's, it's it's like elongated on the phone. I've spoken to your dad. There's no gaps. Your dad's hilarious. <laughs> we spoke when I uh, saw him briefly the other day. I said, oh, "Are you happy that he's leaving?" And he said, "Yeah, he's going to rent your room out so you can't come back." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Good um, for him. <laughs> but <laughs> and it's me. I'm going to be renting that room. It's just my podcast room. Matching pajamas. Yeah, we could, well, we could get some Dazzlecloth ones made by Wayne. Oh, Wayne. Leave Wayne alone. Do, do you know what's actually a sweet thing? Or two things. One, I get I get what you're saying with phone calls. FaceTime has been something that's been useful recently because I can FaceTime my parents with, uh, with my son so that they can see him, you know, so they can see him crawled around and stuff. So that's, <laughs> that's nice because you can't do that over a phone call, you know. Um... But I get what you're saying. But I I enjoyed our FaceTime earlier. I enjoy Zooming, talking with you, creating podcast magic with you. I mean, do you think we've ever created podcast magic? I mean, we've we've created podcast gold, but magic, I'm not sure. But I'm happy with the gold. I'm happy with the gold. That's good. (laughs) Do you ever fear that season one was our best season? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes think we were more focused in season one. I mean, so season one yes. was our most nervous season. We were like so mm. edgy about saying stuff. There's no way mm. we would have ever talked about a certain character's Python ever <laughs> in season one. You know, we would have been too worried about that sort of thing. But hey, I, over halfway through season three, we say what we want. <laughs> I overdubbed like a punchline of a joke in the first episode because I said something about I said dick, I said, <laughs> and so I I said something like it really made you laugh. I think it was the biggest reaction we've ever had. And I, I was like, and she sucked that dick, <laughs> and you like just cracked up laughing. And so, but I over I was worried that that was going to be too much, so I overdubbed it with, and she took him on a trip to bone town or something like that because i thought that was like a like a pg-13 version um but yeah i'm now we would leave that in we don't like editing at all so 
but yeah and a sweet thing about the dazzle cloth right so uh my son's baby he's coming up to 10 months now he's crawling everywhere and it's all amazing and he but he's been crawling into uh like where our clothes are and specifically pulling out the dazzle cloth jersey and he likes the way it feels it's kind of like it's becoming his little you know like fairly protective blanket because he likes the way it feels how how cool is that like that's completely unprompted he that's could become his little blanket kind of that's very cool that's nice are you gonna let that happen let it become his blanket I mean, I've got like six of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, just let him have it. He can have that one. <laughs> I think that's fine. And do you know what's cool about this uh, last thing on these jerseys, about this order, is that though we're doing blue ones, there's a couple of white ones that have been ordered. Um, and he's allowing that. He's allowing some mix mixing as long as the quantity's there. So when we come to do the, the third and final order, then... If people have missed the first two, then they can order, you know, like a blue or white, you know, the shorts or this, the, that, the other. So, yeah. And these ones, they've got, we've gone to a different level now. We've even got, I've got them to find. They don't, they don't do them anymore, but the exact labels, you know, at the bottom of the jersey on like the bottom corner, there's like a, a label. It's, uh, he's got that exact label to embroider on so that is is so accurate to the point that it's just yeah it's crazy wow it's gonna be crazy that's awesome attention to detail look at that (laughs) someone messaged me on instagram the other day saying where are these jerseys from and i just had to ignore it (laughs) because i just thought do you, do you know how long it took me to work out where these jerseys were from? Like, it took a long time. Because there's no... You can't just Google it and find that information. It was like screenshotting. And I have a friend that collects jerseys and things. And he actually found it for me. And then to find Wayne and to do all the introductions and all that, it took a long time. So I don't, I don't think I ignored it. I probably just messaged back and was just like, oh, I don't know, just kind of... But not wanting to answer. Because I don't want to give that information off you know because it's a special thing that we're getting we're the only people getting these screen accurate jerseys made was it a pigeon was that harsh oh yeah oh if it's a pigeon no you're not a raven you you don't get to find out yeah anyone (laughs) anyone that's a raven i'll happily tell you but if you're a pigeon you gotta put that work in okay out there with your ungroomed feathers (laughs) Flying around carrying diseases and shit. Eating scraps off the floor. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I know what you're referencing. (laughs) Are you meaning to reference that? Reference what? The the virtually single thing. No. What are we talking about? I'm a a lonely pigeon searching for scraps. You don't remember that? Kate, who was on our mighty 90s podcast he's in a new youtube series i sent you the trailer and i remember i remember now yes 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 i wasn't referencing that no not at all oh but well, subliminal it was in there, there but dom can i can i start you off with something of course we got uh, a comment Ooh. so dom we got a comment mm-hmm. from a listener from kira thank you kira who wrote a uh, a great sort of comment statement thing here 
And I asked her if we could, I could read it out to you on the podcast and then we can give our answers here. And she said, that's great. That's fine. So okay. she says, love you guys and your analysis with the show. But oh man, a part of me wishes that there was a brook stand around sometimes. Laugh out loud. I know y'all, y'all, like that. I know y'all like her character, but I think seeing things from her perspective is what's missing a little. Her being so up and down with Lucas for so much of the season so far and her bitchy attitude in this episode all stem from her insecurities. What this she's talking about a previous episode. I think it's the one where she's uh you know making the kids make the clothes and everything. It was she sets up her own sweatshop, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Uh, what Lucas and Peyton did in season one runs a lot deeper for her character than I think you guys take into account it's honestly a wonder she ever looked twice again at Lucas in a romantic sense and I say that as someone that enjoys Brucus Brooke and Lucas together some of this just clarifying just in case you forget Dom uh, some of this is also a little bit in response to last week's recap because I felt there wasn't much empathy for her when she went to talk to Lucas the first time around. Laugh out loud. Lucas wasn't wrong for being upset, but I think the dismissal of Brooke's angle to uh, to that fight wasn't totally fair either. Anyway, just had to say that because my Brooke defense meter had been kicking into a high gear for the last couple of episodes of the podcast doesn't detract from how much fun I have listening to you guys dissect the show, though. So, great comment. Appreciate the feedback. Um, what What are your initial thoughts, Dom? I, I guess there's an element in there that, that I would have to agree with, that we don't see a lot from Brooke's point of view. We do see a lot from Lucas's point of view, supposed main character, so on and so forth. But... We do see a lot from Peyton's point of view and uh, Haley's. So I guess the issue is, is that when it comes to like the Naley situation from season two, we all kind of pick sides. And that's kind of happened in this this season as well with um, Brooke and Lucas. And we all know I really like Brooke. I think she's a great character. She has some great foresight into things that are happening and what's going on. But there's a whole element of her that I really dislike. And it kind of stems from the drunken episode in season one where she was just horrible. And she has these moments in these edges of being horrible. And she was that horrible person before she was with Lucas. And those little elements come out of her in these episodes and have done over the last sort of few up until they sort of reconcile and get back together. So I, I appreciate that we don't see much from her point of view. I think that's a really, really valid point and, and accurate. Um, but she does have this spiteful, nasty side. And we even find that out from Faith as well, mm-hmm. that she's mm-hmm. she was like the understudy to the bitches, the bull bitches, and has taken on that mantle. And we know that. We know that of this person. And she does... I, I also understand the whole... You know, taking Lucas back on um, after what he did last time and, you know, um, being able to kind of stomach him anymore. But 
at the end of the day, she did. She had him running around for ages, and he was playing it cool. And you know, she at the fancy dress thing, she tricked him into wearing something that he didn't want to wear. Oh yeah. Um, there were all the like non-exclusive, the beach party, and she was like, you know, I'll give you kind of twenty minutes, or I'm gonna go skinny dip with someone else. You know, there's all these elements of her that are actually quite spiteful and nasty. Whereas, you know, I'm the last person on this earth that would defend Lucas, but I kind of think that was unwarranted a lot of the time. So, I, I get your point, but I'm, I still, I still believe what I said, <laughs> what I've said about. Her. What about you? What, what are you thinking? What are you thinking right now? I, I, th- yeah, I think good points. Uh, I respect your views, of course, and, and I, you know, we often say this that we actually agree on most of this stuff, don't we? And I agree with with you, but I also see there's some points there that maybe we could we could try and see that perspective more like maybe when we're if we're going in a little bit heavy and we're sort of saying no that's trash behavior and actually lucas is is doing all of these things and being you know i'm the guy for you brooke davis and trying and putting himself out there that you know maybe we'll take try and consciously take a step back and looking at try and look at it from a outside perspective and see you know what try and think what it would be like in Brooke's shoes I mean I think the thing is is this kind of the point of the podcast isn't it is for us to give our opinion and it be a different opinion to most opinions that people have heard about One Tree Hill that I would assume anyway like we have been so fortunate with the reviews everyone super grateful uh we're at 159 now which is so close to our target our target is 200 so we're only you know 41 away so super appreciate all of that my point is is that uh a lot of the comments and things in your reviews are saying how it's cool to have a male perspective like an all-male perspective on what is you know predominantly kind of a female audience kind of show uh so yeah so sometimes they they sort of differ i mean i think what lucas did to brooke in season one is crazy and it is like an unforgivable thing and i don't i don't think that it's like for like for what she did with chris keller because they weren't in a relationship it's still not nice and you know he had to sort of see it with his own eyes while chris keller was doing his demonic kind of stare at him and all that sort of stuff uh but i mean at the same time you know they're adolescents um and we all did crazy things and were careless at that age. Well, not all of us. You weren't, Dom. You were careful. And that's something that I you know, love about you. But I was definitely careless with things like that and not thinking about other people's feelings all of the time and all of that sort of stuff. So I think it's great to where they are now. I think they're in like the best position they've ever been because they've had ups and downs and in adult relationships, in all relationships, there are ups and downs and self uh, evolving uh, challenges and hurdles and all of these things. If you get through them, just make you better and make you a better couple and even more in love and all of these things. So yes, I, I love Brooke. I think she's a great character I look forward to discussing her development as the show continues. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that feedback. I think that's good feedback. My mum always says that 
all feedback is a gift and it's true because it helps to make things better and i know it wasn't like a super critical comment or anything but yeah we'll we'll do our best to give an objective perspective but we're always gonna mainly focus on our personal opinion right yeah (laughs) (laughs) but on to the show yes absolutely so where do you want to begin my man we've got seb on in an hour first time on the show long time raven though Uh, i've spoken to him a lot on uh, instagram and stuff he's really cool he's british uh so yeah free brits (laughs) on on a podcast that will be coming up but before we get there which character would you like to start with um should we start with brooke yeah man let's do it let's let's start with brooke (laughs) so where let's see here so brooke is got this well she kind of starts after the basketball game right because we kind of we kind of start there don't we and she is walking with lucas out of the school we see keith we'll come back to that oh keith your face when keith when keith returned oh we've got a hold hold can we do keith next of course yeah 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 of course oh, it's christmas day <laughs> and she's sort of got this back and forth with Haley about who's going to get the bedroom and that sort of thing she says she has some sort of comical lines like about being desperately horny or something like that to to Peyton right something like that in the changing rooms anyway uh she moves through and where does where does she go from there she she like spots keith doesn't she and goes running into his arms that's right and she's like which really missed you but i i really don't get why no what's the connection two hugs she hugs him twice yeah and she says she never like she never liked jewels i mean i guess she went to his wedding but she went as she went as Lucas's plus one because she wasn't invited, if you remember. Mm. But she loves weddings. Yeah, it was kind of odd because actually her history with Keith is from when Karen went to cooking school in Italy, and she was maybe potentially in his eyes the influence of him getting the tattoo and uh, you know drinking, coming in drunk, and do you remember he he kicked Brooke out when they were getting down to business once so yeah it was i mean not to say that they didn't become like friendly and whatever but i i could not that keith is lucas's dad unless we're talking to you but um i'm just trying to imagine if when i was how old are they supposed to be 16 17 about that 25 (laughs) I don't I couldn't imagine if I had like a a teenage girlfriend if they would like be hugging my dad you know yeah it'd be a bit odd wouldn't it or your uncle just like running up and like basically mounting him she's like jumped right up to him and yeah he, he like lifted her off the ground but there's no relationship there there is no relation there's mm. no pre-created relationship of Keith and Brooke because mm. he's like oh I missed you too and I don't know whether that's a Craig Sheffer, Sophia Bush moment. 
they're their friends in real life sort of thing yeah that they've just kind of gone actually it's quite a nice moment for those two we've all missed keith sophia's missed keith it's her opportunity to say like welcome back we'll just make it mm. make it a brook thing I, I i don't know i don't know if Again, I, I, I think writers and producers and creators of this sort of program couldn't give a shit what the actors think. They only care about the content, <laughs> don't they, and what's written on the page. So, you know, the actor's opinion isn't important to them. I, I genuinely believe that sometimes. You know, like you get, the, the I mean, of these sort of seasons, like quite early on, um, where they're just like, okay, we're creating this episode. We need to do this. We need to do that. You, you know, we know that they were playing the actors off against each other and stuff like that. So I, I genuinely don't think anybody really cares how they were feeling. So I, I, I just don't get it. That that relationship that didn't exist before suddenly exists between them. Mm. And it, it doesn't make sense to me. Very odd. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess maybe it was that that's not in Lucas's character to 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 like run up and be all like overexcited. So maybe they were like, well, he can't do that and we don't want it to make it sort of lackadaisical. They want to make it a, a, like a grand return. So, they, yeah, they maybe they just gave that moment to her because really that moment should have been for Karen. Well, right? that could have been Haley. Could have been Haley. Yeah, that would have worked because that, that would have had the history of Keith knowing her since she was a little kid. It would have made then... it would have made sense. That didn't make sense to me. Mm. Agreed, agreed. Well, let's let's keep going. So, um, we get to a point where they're listening. Brooke and Lucas are listening to Nathan and Haley argue through the door. People in the chat when we were doing the watch along were saying it's kind of reminiscent of when they do that in Friends, you know, when they're like listening to Ross and Rachel argue, I think, isn't it? Which probably man must have predated this. And we get there's a lot of teasing about the letters. How do you feel about that? Do you think that Lucas deserves to keep those letters or he should have given them back? Or what was your thought? Um... I think the teasing about them is a bit unfair. I, th- I think it's nice that she's given them to him and that he's had the chance to read them because actually from going back to you know what we were discussing before, this was a, do you know what, I, th- this is that kind of moment where I might have put you through hell or I might have made you think this and think that, but these are my true feelings. This is, this is, this is my heart. I've poured my heart out on this page and on every page, the, the 86 letters or whatever it is, um that i wrote to you every day of the summer and i kept them all um because i wasn't sure whether to share them with you or not and that's actually such that's like quite a beautiful sentiment really that's such a nice Mm. thing and um some of those letters would have been quite harsh i imagine and quite quite hurtful and some of them probably you know put her in a really vulnerable position and actually he's toying with her vulnerability there and that's quite Mm. unfair that's very teenage boy idiocy, which mm. which Lucas isn't really. We don't really see that from him, other than when mm. he's competing against Nathan. That's the only time we see that, okay, it's just dumb boy stuff. But when it comes to kind of romance and the that kind of element of it, he's normally, again, someone that wears his heart on his sleeve and is quite open and... Um, 
willing to discuss things and takes on point of views and stuff but in this instance he's just again he's being kind of a bit it's a little bit hurtful luckily for the most part she takes it in a jokey kind of way at the beginning when she's like great to see you and you i hope to never see you again or whatever um when when she's kind of between keith and lucas but it just yeah it's a bit strange and she kind of forgives it at the end and she leaves him with him and just like i know you can keep reading you can keep him is that what happens yeah yeah Yeah. but she does but i think it's quite I think it is it is kind of teenage, yes, but I think it's playful. I don't I think if he had crossed the line, like if she had actually got upset, he would have stopped. Like I don't think he was holding it. He wouldn't have done it maliciously. Like I think the intent was to try and be funny, but he's not maybe understanding that actually like what you said that she's made herself vulnerable and it's not the time for those jokes, you know. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously that kind of spills over into her explaining that to Haley and that she's annoyed that he keeps poking fun at her. You know, mm-hmm. again, that's again, that's not said in a way that you kind of think okay, she's really pissed off, but you can tell it's it's having an impact. Mm. And the the Brooke and Haley relationship, the friendship is my favorite friendship that between the younger female characters i think it's such a healthier relationship than brooke and peyton's friendship like brooke and Haley, they they work together because they kind of counterbalance each other like the with brooke can make influence Haley to let go a little bit and be a little bit more free and a bit more take some risks etc and Haley can do the opposite to Brooke and kind of rein her in a little bit and help her with her talent. I mean, essentially, Haley helped inspire Brooke to start the clothing line mm. like, and said, you know, you can do it. Just because they stole your designs doesn't mean they stole your talent, you know. So I really, I really rate that friendship. I assume you feel the same way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no, there's no like toxicity between them, is there? Whereas you look mm. at Peyton and Brooke and you think there's just levels of bitchiness that you they can't get beyond. They're always, mm. you know, there's always the little comments that, that are probably quite harsh, you know, about her skinniness and they they actually, like not body shame, but they, they poke fun at each other quite a lot that probably mm. can probably be quite damaging and quite harsh. And then there's there's just that level of mutual respect they just don't seem to have that Brooke and Haley have. They kind of understand mm. each other from a, okay, Brooke's the silly kind of impulsive one that will push for something that she really wants, but doesn't always go about it the right way. Um, and is sometimes a little bit misguided in her thoughts, but Haley is the one that can kind of center her and bring that, bring her back to kind of attention almost you know and just be like no no you you've still got this you can do this you you know it's, it's that encouragement and that kind of gentle encouragement as well but that's kind of Haley's character function she does that with everyone the only person she doesn't do that for uh, necessarily is Lucas because Lucas is kind of already there isn't he so she's more mm-hmm. she then reverts to being like the 
the bantery fun one in their relationship and he's the centered kind of calm one so mm. it, it does kind of depend who they're with but in in that group they're the kind of two sensible ones that will try and get the best out of everyone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure and bringing it back with Brooke and Haley, there's a part where they sit down to talk about Haley's birth control situation, uh, which we can come back to that when we talk about Haley. But Brooke is a really good friend in that and sort of use has some comical moments, but is just a good listener and supportive in that moment. And then this is something we would never have imagined in season one. Like Brooke is Brooke called made up a new name for Haley and called her Brooke in season one you know and when uh in episode six so it's uh we've come a long way it's awesome so Brooke is also been selected in Rogue Vogue so in into a fashion contest and she thinks that it's Lucas it turns out it was actually Rachel Thoughts, predictions, motives, what are your thoughts? I knew it wouldn't be Lucas. I actually initially thought it would be Mouth mm, that would have signed Python. her up. Yeah, the, and, and his Python that would have signed her up <laughs> for it. I like to I like to think that the Python has a mind of its own <laughs> and it talks it talks to him at night. Enter her into Rogue Vogue now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you thought it was going to be Mouth. I thought I thought initially it would be Mouth that had submitted her name uh, for Rogue Vogue, and it turns out that it's Rachel. And in a weird way, I think Rachel's kind of doing it because she thinks, um, I think she thinks she'll be good at it. Because there's that weird, when she questions her, so when Brooke questions Rachel on it, and's like, "What? Why did you do this?" And she's kind of figured it out. Um, or does she? Does she? She does approach her about it, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she does. She she figures it out in the end. Yeah, well, she figures it out right at the end. I I think she's gonna. I don't know. I, I kind of think Rachel's doing it with the best intentions. She's just like, actually, this this girl probably deserves it. She's worked hard at this and. She's got some talent. I don't. I don't think she would have done it to be spiteful. Maybe this is the olive branch that they need. And like the final nut to crack, so to speak, of that friend group. Like she's got in with everybody else, but she can't seem to get past that barrier with Brooke. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we will see. What else? There's there's a couple moments where Brooke and Lucas are kissing and he says some things like, oh, I told myself next time I'd have sex, I'd be in love. Oh, I am in love. You know, Ugh. kind of a bit. Yeah, it's kind of a bit like those moments Ugh. of, uh, hi, boyfriend. <laughs> oh, horrible. Horrible moment. Yeah. Horrible moment. I would If I was Brooke, I'd have been like, you've ruined the moment. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Hayley, Hayley, you can have the room. I've kicked him out. Take scrunch, take scrunch off the door. Take scrunch off the door. <laughs> Don't need that anymore. Get out. I'll see you. I, I'll see you tomorrow. Mouth. Is free. it? Just... <laughs> it's not mouth. It's the Python answers the phone. Hello. <laughs> Nobody ever calls me. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> 
so um yeah uh, uh, Brooke also she catches Nathan at one point with her birth control when his was sort of snooping for for Haley's why is that funny I'm hungry <laughs> he's looking for Tic Tacs <laughs> he's in the wrong cupboard <laughs> Uh, is there much else to say on Brooke? I feel like we must be missing something. I don't know. Just Brooke kind of questions the Haley's motives around missing birth control, and you know says, "Come on, yeah. you're like Miss Sensible. You're you're like I should." And she gives her a good telling off. You know, this is this is yeah. this is that good point of relationship. You know, had that been the other way round, if Brooke had been um, in that situation where she hadn't taken birth control, like I mean, we've been there before, haven't we? We've had the pregnancy scare. Peyton would probably be like, well, you're dumb, that's dumb, that's stupid, you shouldn't have done that, you know, rather than being, okay, you know, come on, don't do that again, you kind of need a bit of a telling off, but you're the sensible one, Mm. remember, so don't let this happen and sort yourself out, so. Uh, Sometimes that's healthy, is to have, like, sometimes there can be too much history with a person, like, if someone has known you for so long, it's like their, your opinion to them can mean less sometimes like normally it would mean more but sometimes it can mean a bit less because they don't see the evolutions of your character out of you as a person like the different versions you've been through where if you know you meet somebody else a bit later in life though i know that they're still young but they're meeting you at that level they haven't had to see you make all of the errors and mistakes and all those things that have got you to this point so they're meeting you there. They're not bringing all of that baggage of, you know, all of the like previous, you know, all the history. So I think that's true to life in some ways. Like I'm not sure if that. I'm not saying that that was necessarily what the writers were intending. Maybe it was, but it feels a bit more realistic in that sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally agree with you there. And yeah, hopefully that sort of continues through i think they're really i really like their relationship and their dynamic i think if we could have kind of more brooke Haley moments and i'm sure we will get more um then you know we'll see that mutual respect for each other a lot more yeah um and how they how they've actually come to to grow to be friends and understand each other and actually i, I see them as being closer than than either of them are with peyton so mm. yeah nice awesome shall we move on to the return <laughs> keith <laughs> eek it's keith what a slab of beef it's keith what a slab of beef as soon as he came back clean shaven oh i like that that beef's that beef's been seasoned <laughs> that's that's ready to go on the heat <laughs> it's bringing the heat <laughs> I mean, the joy on your face when you saw Keith was back. Were you shocked? Were you expect you? You'd sort of said the last couple of podcast episodes that you've been eagerly awaiting the return. How did you feel about it? It was the right time. It kind of it, he needed to return about now. You know, maybe the last episode, but about now is about perfect. And I've been kind of saying, like, where is he? Like, you know, he needs to come back soon. So surely he's got to return, like, like any moment now. And I've made an error on on my last one of my last predictions, where I thought Karen was on the phone to Deb, 
And I'd said this mm-hmm. whole thing about Dan is saying it's someone you care about, not someone you love. And it would have been someone you love. Mm-hmm. And that was all wrong because she'd phoned Keith. And this is what's mm-hmm. prompted Keith to come back, I assume, and, 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 you know, make his resurgence and reappearance. And I was really happy to see him back. You know, he's a kind of, he's that solid character that that has that kind of protective layer that he puts around people that, that kind of, the people that need it, you know, Lucas, Karen, I suppose now Brooke, um, Haley, you know, <laughs> yeah. all these people kind of need this protection. Whitey, um, he uh, as like that support network. There, there's just Keith is kind of that guy that will put his arm around you, make you feel better about it, and then he'll go and punch someone in the face. <laughs> and he'll say, "Let's go throw the pigskin around in the road." <laughs> Go go long, <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. I have to say, I'll... did they write that in specifically so that Chad could actually play a sport I... that he that is good at? I was, do you think? I was thinking exactly that. They had to because of the getting the 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 doubles and the stand-ins on the last episode that played like some epic basketball, and it was just obviously not him. They had to give him some sort of sporting accolade in this <laughs> in this program that is about basketballing teenagers but um i actually when i was when i was creating the the video like editing the video for the watch along i got to that bit and i just immediately deleted it all i thought this is just uh, this is rubbish this bit <laughs> i really i really didn't like the frame that i mean nothing says dad than throwing the ball about in the street does it this is my real father but i just thought actually this is this is a little bit unnecessary. Like, oh, you know, real dad's back now. We're going to go throw a ball around like I'm five years old. Fuck it, just stop. <laughs> it just didn't need to happen. It's like we're one step away from getting the old baseball mitts out and having a throw around. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, honestly, come on. Come on. I like. I liked it. Oh, I liked it. Would, would you like it? it? Would, you, would you throw an American football with me? Sure. I don't think you would. I've got a little one. I haven't got a full-size one. But we could throw that around. I, yeah. I mean, I quite enjoy this sort of stuff. I mean, could we? I was. I just. I gasped because I just came up with the idea right now. If we can remember someone that's listening, that's coming in twenty twenty five, please remember because we need to write a spreadsheet. We need to plan out everything that we're doing. I'm talking little morning jogs that we're going to go to, like, you know, all different venues, different places. I was thinking about transport earlier. Like, how are we going to... Because I know you and I are going to try and rent a Comet, you know, Peyton's car, obviously. Ovi. Um, But (laughs) we can only fit two people in the back. So we need, like, other people that are willing to drive. We need, like, I don't know, do we need a people carrier are you comfortable driving a people carrier, Dom? I feel like you would, yeah. but I mean, it's in it's in a different country. It's on the other side of the road. <laughs> Things to think about. But we should get an American football and, and throw in that exact spot. I'd like to do that with you. <gasps> Gasped again. I think what we should do is we should... <laughs> down to wardrobe is recreate some of the scenes from my early season one let's say or try and do like elements of of like a whole episode from season one in the different locations in wilmington and then we can do like side by side shots that could be part of our finale we're building to something dom this podcast matters to the people this is the people's podcast 
O T H what? O T H what? Sing with me. O T H what? Ravens, <laughs> Ravens, sigh me and door me. <laughs> Podcast. Now, pick up the fucking pig skin and throw it around <laughs> me outside. Now. Now. Call me Colonel now, you little ungrateful bastard. Call me it. <laughs> Before I get your dad on the phone and we'll have a 30-minute conversation and only 10 words have been exchanged, but it will be about how ungrateful you are for the opportunity to be on this platform, which is the People's Podcast, which is O-T-H. What? O-T-H. Ravens. Call me Colonel. Colonel. Now. Colonel. (laughs) Put some bass in your voice when you say it. Say it from your chest. Colonel. Now tell me where the motherfucking gangsters are right oh, now in a Norwegian accent. Oh. We got it written in. It needs to be Norwegian for our Norwegian peoples. I need, I need a point of reference for a Norwegian accent. Well, I only have Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but he has more of a Mancunian Norwegian accent. So he's been here for too long. Yes, Norwegian. Alphabet, no <laughs> accent. How, how to this deal with Norwegian, in. How to deal with a Norwegian accent? Let's listen to this okay. for a second. I agree. How to approach a Norwegian accent? Some tips for a general Norwegian accent. Go all the way for it, and then knock it back for some more authenticity. But go all the way for the caricature if you want. Are you getting so, this? First, we look at the oral posture. Um, so I'm going to say a phrase in my Norwegian accent, and I want you to try to identify what the oral posture is. I went to high school in Norway. I would say it was pretty normal. Do you notice that there's some... <laughs> oral this posture. Was spe- oh, shut Hang up. on. Hey, hang on. Firstly, it sounds like you could have your own YouTube channel surrounding this kind of thing. <laughs> and every every example you give is with motherfucking gangsters of right now in whatever accent. But this was written in by uh, a new listener that's caught up today or catching up today with the podcast. And they specifically said, "Can you stop with the oral posturing? I'm trying to posture my orals to you right I don't now." Know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the cord out, wrap it around your face, and you know what it means. <laughs> no, <laughs> the... Not the cord. Firstly, can I just make it clear that the cord is not a nickname for my penis? This, okay, this it's not like it's nothing sexual. <laughs> it's nothing sexual. Can we just get that clear? It was just a jokey thing we did as kids. No one was touched. Nothing like that happened. <laughs> no, 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 no authority. No authorities need to be alerted. It's fine. So, uh, this was written in by a listener who said that we've never done the Ravens on free, you know, at the end in a Norwegian accent. So, as it just organically came up about accents, let's let's hear it, my man. I'm going to say a phrase in my Norwegian accent, and I want you to try to identify what the oral posture is. <laughs> I went to high school in Norway. I would say it was pretty normal. I went to high school in Norway. I would say it's pretty normal. That's not what we want you to say. Ravens on three. <laughs> no, we want... <laughs> and the motherfucking doodahs of right now. <laughs> it's awful. It's the worst Norwegian accent in history. Mine. 
right there. Can you do Swedish? I know it's because it's close, right? Can you Swedish and switch it a little bit? No? I don't know. I'm not getting my oral posture right. <laughs> Never had any complaints before. Hey! <laughs> 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 oh, dear. <laughs> Your face. You look disappointed. What? No, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> Have you had any compliments? <laughs> We're the motherfucking gangs. Ravens! <laughs> Ravens! <Carrots! laughs> oh, that's what she said as well. She wanted more Karen, so she'll be happy about that. Do you know... i I got to find... Let me find her name. Uh, also, we've got Seb on um, later, who is a vocalist. He is a singer. Um, ah, her name is Vildi. I hope I'm saying that right. Vildi. So that was for you, Vildi. I hope I'm saying that right. V-I-L-D-E. Vildi. Excellent. So, we've got Seb on later, who is a vocalist and who uh, is a singer. So, I'm thinking that I should do a sing-off with him. What do you I think? Absolutely. Because I think I'm the actual vocalist on this let's, show, and I'm not going to be outdone. Let's smash through the rest of this episode, then. <laughs> because... He's going to be on soon, and we've only covered Brooke, who has had less involvement in this episode than we really think, and, like, the tiniest <laughs> bit of Keith throwing a pigskin around. Oh, I love you, Keith. Okay, Keith goes to see... Di- oh, well, who, some of this will be out of order. You know what's up. You're in season three of our podcast, <laughs> you know. He goes to see Dan. We get a great exchange. I can't remember the exact line. I was trying to remember it because I wanted it to be a contender for my line of the episode. They're going back and forth and he says something like, uh, I can't believe you had the balls to come back. And he said, oh, something like, you want to, you know I've got balls, ask your wife or something. But it can't, it couldn't have been, you know I have balls. What was the setup? Um, It was something like that. It was, it was definitely something like that. I think it was like, you've got some balls coming back. And he's like, yeah, ask Deb or whatever. Yeah, ask your wife. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? She was stroking my balls in front of the fire. (laughs) On that rug. On that sexy ass rug. (laughs) My balls, my bare balls were on your rug, Danny. (laughs) Now I'm off to see Karen to do the same. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh God! I had a, I had had a friend. Uh, it's not someone I really I uh, really see anymore. Not anything bad or anything. We're just like, no, just well, just like drifted apart. Um, and they used to when we were adolescents, they used to think it was hilarious that if someone was like. <laughs> so childish if someone was like watching tv or playing a video game or something and they weren't and they weren't looking and they were distracted that he would go behind them 
and like get onto chairs and stools and things so that they you know but while they're not looking while other people can see and just very gently without them being able to do anything just rest his balls on their forehead. I mean, there's a reason you don't see that person anymore. It's because <laughs> they are in prison. <laughs> uh, he never did it to me, thank God. I mean, I guess there was some level of respect there. But to the same person that he did this to once, they had a ponytail, like a really long ponytail that they've been growing for years <laughs> and he grabbed a pair of kitchen scissors and just chopped oh my god this is brutal <laughs> i mean i think he was trying to do it and then the guy was like, all right just do it and he did it and then as he's had because it's like a ponytail and it's like uh you know pulling the hair together when they then let it out all the hair was all at different lengths oh, no. because yeah crazy yeah, people were terrible. <laughs> I was just a spectator, but even now I'm thinking, could, was there something I could have done? Should I have said, watch out, he's about to his balls on your head. <laughs> oh. Some sort of warning sign, some sort of alarm system. I would... <laughs> I would have what well, I would have told you if there were if anyone was about to rest their balls on your head I wouldn't let it happen like, unless you've invited it to happen then I'm not going to tell you what to do I, but if I would never invite that to happen and I appreciate your support in this matter and I'd appreciate the same I would do the same for you thank you <laughs> I'd stop someone cutting your ponytail off as well well, that's always been a concern. Mine, so <laughs> that's good. Well, Keith is throwing the pigskin around. Yeah, he goes to see Dan. That's where we got here. We got here from Bulls on a Rug, didn't we? And back and forth, and Dan shows him the videotape. And Keith saying, oh, call the FBI. Man buys booze. You know, you can't find what's not there. If you ever touch Lucas again, you know, you'll wish I had killed you. Lucas and... Keith have a good interaction where they're, when they're at the beginning of the episode they're drinking coffee at the fountain they're sort of catching up Keith did catch up with Jules once he had her real name it was easy for him to find her but the person he found wasn't the Jules that he knew so that kind of just ends that I mean do you think we'll see Jules again? Well I I always did I always thought we would see her again but I'm guessing I'm guessing not now I'm guessing not unless she um can testify on Keith's behalf because mm, we know like so Keith has now been arrested for the, you know the attempted murder of Dan Scott which was just excessive amount of force the police officer holding a gun right to his head basically which is just unnecessary um when he was kissing Karen and uh the uh Let's let's build up to the kids. No. Don't just put don't just put your balls on my head. Build me up. <laughs> Buy me dinner first. <laughs> um, and wash and wash first. I want a sweaty ball on my God, head. We need to move on from that very quickly. Um, I can't even remember what I was saying. Yeah, keys back. Woo. <laughs> the police were excessive. I was saying, let's build it up, but. You, yeah, attempted murder. Wait, well, hang on. He goes to see Karen at the cafe. She drops the coffee. Uh, they have a nice moment there. 
they then have the conversation where we get the flashbacks of Deb and Keith and uh, Keith's like drunk. I'm going to kill this bottle of scotch. Then I'm going to kill my brother. And Deb's sort of saying, no, 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 you can't do this. So on and so forth. And then she goes out and she tries to do it and comes back and Keith tells her to leave. And he's having to sort of justify this to Karen sort of saying that Deb has been imprisoned for 17 years in her marriage to Dan. And actually one of the best things I ever did was give Deb a second chance and then we kind of build to the end with the kiss and it's like it's all finally coming together for Keith Keith's gonna get everything that he wants the girl that he wants the life that he wants and then there are the police excessive force yes Dan in the background just loving it with his Cheshire cat grin what do you think Dom and what's your predictions I I was actually a little bit upset by this, but you, you've got to kind of expect it from Dan, haven't you? He's the mayor. He's, you know, he's got um, hold over the police. And he's also, was it the police officer that was kind of nodding and grinning at the end that is his, mm-hmm. like, inside man as well? The one yeah. that passed him off information about uh, Andy, I think it was, before. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Getting him deported and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so... Keith, Keith, uh, Dan is just like the all-powerful controller of Tree Hill, isn't he, at the moment? So it was, I was upset um, that he got arrested, but it it added a great spin to the story. And it's to be expected from Dan, isn't it, really? You know, he's convinced it was Keith and is now, you know, professing that it was Keith all along that tried to kill him. And everybody's in the know that it was Deb except for <laughs> except for Dan. Um and he's not really questioned why Deb has disappeared, so um you you would have thought he would have clocked onto that by now. And it'll be interesting, I'm guessing this next episode we'll be seeing Keith kind of claim his innocence and I'm I'm kinda hoping Jules turns up to say it couldn't have been him because he was with me the whole time or I was watching him or something like that. Um uh, or yeah, some, or or Jules will say it was her. That would be more interesting. I can't see Deb going to prison for this because she would be in it for the till the end of the series, till to the end of time, till like the end of season nine. So I don't think that would work. It would be really interesting if Jules <laughs> came and took the blame, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that if that would ever happen. <laughs> we will see, my man. We will see in like an hour's time. <laughs> Well, where do you want to go from here? I mean, we can put, we can tick off Karen here because that was pretty much all that Karen had was just scenes with Keith, wasn't it? Yeah, she had some really nice moments and some um, like good interactions with Keith and and good moments. She has the moment with Lucas on the swing, doesn't she? Oh yeah, um, where they have their their mm-hmm. little chat about you know being careful and being responsible. You know, mm-hmm. you, how old are you? How old am I? Yeah, exactly. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Um, she said she was 36. She did. I mean, that's the first time we've got their age. So, which, what the scary part of that is, <laughs> is that's a year and a half away for us. We'll be 36 in like a year and a half. And so, Terrif- that's terrifying. We're Dan Scott age. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, we're so Dan and Keith. <laughs> what, 
Wait, which one's which? You're Dan. Why? Because i got his jacket. You've got his jacket, you run your own business, uh, you make me mm. call you Colonel, so you're kind of in charge. You. That's kind of like being the mayor. It's kind of like being the mayor. And I'm just this sweet, humble, <laughs> charming guy. <laughs> Yeah, grease stains on your hands, but a heart of gold. <laughs> and you're, and I've been meaning to tell you, Dom, your girlfriend, she's on my payroll, oh. baby. <laughs> She'll be leaving you on the wedding day. Oh, no. The, 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 <laughs> what else have I done to you? <laughs> imagine in the next episode, <laughs> we just see... Never... We just see Dan dropping his balls on Keith's head. <laughs> yeah, try throwing that big skin. <laughs> <laughs> so soft. <laughs> kind of lotion do you use? So smooth, Dan. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that needs to end. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually giving me a bit of a head rush <laughs> of just of uh, endorphins and laughter and joy that this podcast brings <laughs> yes, now that i now that i don't listen to them back anymore like i used to i used to listen to him back for editing but i don't even remember what we said on like the last episode and there's things that people message and comment and stuff and it's like i don't even remember saying them and what's funny is this will live in the podcast universe forever right like forever in uh, 30 years 40 years if people still listen to the podcast then this will still be there <laughs> and isn't that kind of crazy that people will be this might be listening to us talking about people putting balls on people's heads <laughs> and stuff he just became a raven <laughs> <In> like... <laughs> you're no longer a diseased pigeon i really wish i said you just became a scrotum are you the left nut or the right nut? Pick one. <laughs> you filthy pigeon. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, who do you want to... All oh, right, Karen. Yeah, she had some good times. Good. Tick her off. You got a prediction? We got. Karen! Yeah. You do Karen in a Norwegian accent. Karen! Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 that was good. Right, we can tick off. We've ticked off Karen. So we've got ten minutes here. Do you want to? Who? Who? Who do you want to do? Are we? Are we done with Lucas as well? What? No. Okay, let's do Lucas quickly. Why? Lucas is dressing very different. Like he's wearing these really long-sleeved shirts. They're like too long, and his hair's all shaggy from Scooby Doo, and it's sort of very like early two thousands sort of alternative rock kind of stuff are you noticing this i just think he's got horrendous style from start to now <laughs> oh even in season it's one all horrendous isn't it his, his who in one tree hill do you like the style of of the men let's say because we can't judge women's style we don't know what's stylish and what's not <laughs> i assume they're all great of the men that we can sort of, you know, these are clothes that we could be wearing. Who's got good style? Whitey. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because he wears a polo shirt and a jacket. What's wrong with that? 
nothing but you i've never seen you you don't wear polo shirts i might start too late you have to wear polo shirts from early or you don't <laughs> wear them all in fact i specifically remember you in primary school where we used to wear polo shirts and you sometimes wear a regular like office shirt underneath your shirt no yeah you were that kid <laughs> you didn't conform to the polo what are you talking about we always wore the polo shirt oh, i think you know the, you know the white polo was it, shirt was it you're gonna say chris yeah. harvey weren't you <laughs> you were, weren't you? Was it Chris Harvey that you used to Probably. wear? Do we have to edit his name out? Is is he listening? How many Chris Harveys are there in the world? Like a million. Good point. Good point. But our one was one in. <laughs> so. He was ours. <laughs> Say what you want. He no, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I'm sure he's lovely. I can't. I haven't seen nor spoken to him since we were 11 so i don't think it's fair to say we know anything about him <laughs> but yeah he but what i do know about him which i guess i mistook for you was that he How used to where <laughs> what are you implying i don't want to be mistaken for someone else it's supposed to be my friend or oh, anybody else yeah okay i'm sorry that i just so it was him okay it wasn't you i made a mistake i'm sorry just like trying to shame me in front of all our listeners in front of all our ravens and pigeons you just like no, rolling just, out I... the shame on dom can we just get can we get back to the fashion <laughs> who else whitey you like his fashion sure yeah me too who else nathan's all right isn't he nathan's dresses quite sensibly I mean, I can already see the comments flooding in. <laughs> I just don't like Lucas. Let's it. just let's just put that out there. He wears trousers that are too big. They drag on the floor, and he wears sandals slash flip flops. Mm. It's just pointless. Yeah, it's just rubbish. And he's done that since season one, so it needs to change. I agree on the jeans for sure. I think Magdalena will do a TED talk on this for oh, us God. of information <laughs> of. Uh, Magdalena, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Let us know. I'll post it. Ravenshoops.net. Let's get it. Tell us who... uh, Magdalena, if you've got the time, this could be an essay entitled Best Dressed Male, One Tree Hill. I mean, uh, uh, Dan wears suits. Yes, Dan is is in the top three of best dressed. I like how Keith dresses. He always wears a, sh- a button-up shirt, some light denim and some boots, usually. Tim's, if he's playing basketball. The occasional double denim. It goes down well with us. I like mm. that. I, I mean, I yeah. I can't rock it. I'm not cool enough for the double denim. Do you have a denim jacket? No, I used to have a denim jacket. I used to. <laughs> why is that Why is that funny? I that ridiculous. Why did I have a denim jacket? <laughs> What what tone of denim was it? Blue or black or beige or what? It was blue. It was a dark dark blue color. Le- Levi's. I couldn't afford Levi's. <laughs> it's like <laughs> fake Levi's, Fleavies. <laughs> Fleavies. <laughs> okay. And what did did you used to wear? Like a hoodie underneath it? Was it that kind of vibe, or just a t shirt, or nothing? Just bare chest. <laughs> a t shirt underneath. Okay, so what's wrong with that? 
would you when you would double denim it then did you go with like a black jean to go with the blue so then it doesn't look like you're mixing two blues yeah i always wear black jeans do you always wear black jeans standardly I mean, for the last, like, two years, I've only ever seen you from, like, the chest <laughs> it's, up. It's rare that I wear blue. I do sometimes wear blue jeans, but I would I prefer wearing black jeans. Mm. I yeah, multifunctional, I you can just... No, no, I get it. <clears throat> you can just... Uh, it's more... Uh, yeah, what's the word? Flexible with what you're wearing you just spill stuff on it as well and wipe it off quite easily (laughs) no one notices (laughs) we we always say this about each other though don't we because i always tend to wear a lot of darker colors and you wear brighter colors but but i have Mm. such a bubbling personality and you're a let's move on soulless soulless (laughs) yeah someone someone said it to me at work today so we've got the guy so it's my company but I've, I've hired like an expert who's like, you know, let's just call it what he is. He is the shit <laughs> at his job. Like he's just, he's really good and got all this experience. He's just like the man at what he does. And uh, he is like the the guy, the main guy of all of the quality of everything and making sure it's all how it needs to be with, you know, our regulation regulators and all that sort of stuff. He is... Uh, he speaks like me, very flat voiced, um, but very but softer as well. Like it's sort of the sort of person that when he talks, everyone is quiet and sort of leans in a little bit because we can't quite hear what you're saying, but we know what you're saying is really good. You know, I'm not saying that that's like that me at all. I think I'm just the opposite, just just, just saying gibberish. But but the point is, someone earlier was like, well, it was a meeting where it was me, him, and then someone else, and they were like it's very soothing like both of you are so placid <laughs> and so but that's you and i counterbalance you got that bubbly laugh and that like cheerful demeanor <laughs> and i'm just uh you know flat voiced with a dry humor i guess carrot <laughs> Keeping up appearance. <laughs> I'm just warming my voice up for for later. For your, will you be will you be the judge? Um, I think we should let the Ravens be the judges, not me. Okay, fair. <laughs> Gets fair. me out of hot water. <laughs> were you given? A, were you given? <laughs> All right, we've got two minutes before he comes on. Let's. Uh, can we? Who else can we tick off in that? I don't think time? we even got anywhere near finishing off Lucas. Oh yeah, you <laughs> um, Oh, okay. He's it, <laughs> in a placid voice. That's what I do. And you made something cheerful out of it. <laughs> Bing bang bosh! It all works again. We've got <laughs> you posturing your orals at me. <laughs> do you know what that was? I'm gonna just flag that up. Dom, from time to time, when I'm speaking, tries to put me off by like sticking his tongue out at me and making faces at me dom how many times in the last like year and a half that we've been doing this have i done that to you twice three times what no never have i done it a couple of times there have been a few occasions (laughs) like faces or what faces at the camera like what 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, once or twice. You do it every time. <laughs> Especially when I'm trying to say something. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> like, you love it. You enjoy it. Yeah. It's making you. I love if you. Anything, it's making you. you. It's making you better. Because I, I'm. It, this is. I'm sort of coaching you to get over that and see past that and not not fall into the trap of laughing. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't want to make you laugh. <laughs> I'm helping you. <laughs> I'm making You're so helpful. You better. You're basically my Obi Wan. Maybe we'll talk about that on FaceTime. Something. Maybe do you know what I would like? I'd like you to FaceTime me at no. some point. It's got to be a two-way relationship, no. Dominic. I will not do that. Dominic, I will not use FaceTime. I don't like FaceTime. I don't like phone calls. I will text you. D V L G. <laughs> you will FaceTime me. Do you understand? One, two, three. A B C. DVLG, FaceTime me, please. Maybe before the end of season nine. <laughs> I hate FaceTiming. You're Zooming me right now. It's essentially the same, Not the thing. same thing. Because we're sat. Because you, is it because you can see... Like the the camera is stationary. It's not like doing the motion of going around, you know. And we're sat in our set areas. We're, we're here to to podcast. We're here to for a, for a key function. When it's FaceTime, it's just like oh, all of that could have been in a message. We are back. We are here with Seb. Seb, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. I uh, finished work about an hour ago, so I've uh, cut, uh, rushed back, had a shower, and come to join you guys, which is a uh, good fun. Yeah, it's an absolute uh, really honor, my man. Thank you for having me, Dom. You have met Seb now. I have. It's great to finally meet you. I think we were like connected on on Instagram and definitely for the the Mighty Ravens page as well. So it's it's great to finally get to put a face and a voice to to the name and it's it's lovely to meet you i'm so i'm pleased that you've joined us well let's roll in to some of your one tree hill history so what's your history with the show how did it first you know come into your life and then why is it so special to you uh so i found out about the show in quite a weird way i was actually going through a uh an actress who appears very briefly in the later part of the show. I was going through their filmography on Wikipedia and I don't know why the title just stuck out to me. I was like, One Tree Hill, what's that about? And I clicked on it and had a, had a, had a quick read through and stuff. And I used to play basketball, not very well, I may point out. Uh, and, but I really enjoy it. I still follow the NBA and stuff and uh, just a big sort of basketball fan. And so I was like, oh, well that appealed to me. And then I was probably about 15 then so that was about uh maths six uh six seven years ago and then i didn't watch it then for probably another six months i just had nothing to do over half term once and was like oh i'll give it a watch watched about a series and then 
went back to school and kind of fell out of the rhythm of watching it. You know how you get into these sort of rhythms and didn't really have much time while I was at school. And then the summer after I left school, when I was 18, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a like, go back to it and start watching it. And then I watched the whole thing in probably about two months. I just had a free summer and I was like, I am absolutely obsessed just rolling <laughs> through it, especially the the episodes that you're on roundabout now was when I really just picked up and I was basically watching it all day, every day. Um, yeah. And then it took me ages to pinpoint why I loved the show so much. And I think it was just, I kind of pinpointed it, I think on my, when I uh, rewatched it with my brother who was watching it for the first time in lockdown three in January, uh, that it's just, you fall in love with the characters so easily and I think, Dom, I hope you're starting to see this, that if they make a bad choice, you're like, why have you done this? And when they make a good choice, you're rooting for them. And I realized that the two hours that my brother and I spent every day watching two, three episodes, it was just, you're sort of immersing yourself in their world and kind of getting to step into that world with them and just really enjoying that, I think. And it's, there isn't many shows like, there aren't many shows like that, I don't think. Like Simon, you always say about there's no supernatural elements or anything like that. It's just normal, real people. And I think that's why it's such a great show. What, what a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was such a perfect answer. Loved it. Okay, well, for uh, favorite season, favorite character, what we got? Uh, so favorite season, I'd have to go with series four, followed closely by series three, and also shout out to series six as well. <laughs> okay, um, they're probably my they're probably my three, um, and then favorite character, or oh, I like I love Whitey. I can't lie, I always want more Whitey. Uh, but uh, I'd probably say overall Nathan. I just love his arc, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but just. I think Dom's already seen a little part of that. I just love how his character starts and where he ends up and kind of the journey he goes on to kind of find the person he becomes. Yeah, that's awesome. And we're we're big fans of uh, Nathan and Whitey, aren't we, Dom? Definitely. Absolutely. They're they're definitely up there in the top. And they're in my top five, both of them. So Whitey kind of I hold in such special regard. And he had a great episode in this episode. He was... Oh yeah, I've got so much, so much about Whitey in my notes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Was you going to say something, Dom? I was going to ask if you could uh, to say if you could write a character out. Um, let's let's not include Felix and Anna, but if you could write a character out that we've seen up until now, um, who would you write out? <laughs> oh no, that's so tough. Um. It's so hard because they all hold their... There are characters that I like. I know you've only seen a little bit of Rachel, but I'm not the biggest Rachel fan, but she's really important. Mm. Like, um, so I, I, like, I'm not a massive Rachel fan, but she is really important. Like, she is important <laughs> to the plot. Oh, no. God. I, I genuinely... Oh, I don't know if I could... I'd have to go with someone obscure, like Raven <laughs> number 72. I don't even know if there is one. 
and I'm really sorry if that's not <laughs> but uh that's probably friend of the show prob- that's but, uh, probably someone that we could eventually end up on the podcast so you're you're actually insulting yeah, our future guests <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sorry about that guys <laughs> well but burning bridges before the, before the <laughs> Well, well, let's uh, let's dive in. We do we do need to finish, but before you get out of here, um, I'm officially challenging you, Seb, um, to a sing-off at the end of this episode. And I say this now because how dare you think that you can come onto our podcast and think that you're a better singer than me when clearly the only reason people listen to this podcast is for my rendition of Travis. So at the end, I will shame you and uh and then you can go on your way sound good sounds good i mean that's that's why he signed up right so (laughs) yeah i'm all over it i'm yeah i'm just here for a sing-off i mean i figured that i probably helped one tree hill who (laughs) here for a good sing i mean i assume that i inspire you for singing daily in fact (laughs) I mean, when I when I'm walking to work every morning, and the uh, the intro comes on of uh, your rendition of um, Travis, then it it inspires me to be better. I can't lie. <laughs> That's, you hear that, Dom? Why can't you be more respectful and lovely like this? You're just a disappointment every because, time. Because you turn things around on me like that. <laughs> well. <laughs> well let's dive in so we've done we've done some uh but not much <laughs> so let's let's start let's start with whitey so uh talk to us about whitey said we've got he's he's had enough he's telling them they've got to cut the shit we're going to a new sports hall because the other sports hall's got his name on it what did you think of of the beginning of this storyline of them having to clean up the the old gym um i just think I wanted more Whitey's probably only in about 10 minutes of this episode but I just wanted more of him the entire time like he just has I mean he start he starts the show with one of my favorite moments of um uh what's it it's like uh, let's see who won tonight's pissing contest and just starts rattling off their scores and stuff and then uh my favorite moment though is when he gets off the bus and he's like good morning gentlemen and just like the the Barry Corbin just has this unbelievable look on his face of almost like smugness for the way he delivers the lines and just he knows that he they want to be anywhere other than there but he's like no I've got you you have to be here so I'm going to have as much fun with this as possible and just so many like I call them whiteyisms like the one that always springs to mind I think is in the first couple of episodes when he says to Jake um uh, Jagelski when you found the shoes to match uh, the skirt to match your pumps you might want to join us in the gym <laughs> and just from then on it's just all the whiteyisms where he combines them with just like pearls of wisdom uh Karen has a few like times that he goes to see them and stuff I think Peyton's had a few times as well and like that combination of wisdom and then just putting people exactly back in their place and he does it with everyone as well which is just like good to see yeah it's perfect i mean dom your main man how do you feel about it um i love yt that has never changed and that will continue the 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 thing i worry about now is dan in the position that he's in now has that extra bit of power to be able to take some control because for whatever reason there was this ridiculous 
moment where Whitey was being put up for review and it was in front of the mayor and now Dan is in that position does he have control over who can coach at the school and that's the only thing I worry about is that he's he's going to make it very difficult for Whitey even though Whitey said this is his last season in charge um but he's he's just quality and and exactly like Seb said when he gets off that bus and it's 5 a.m and he's like hello boys you know it's kind of that pure smugness I've got you out of bed at 4 30 in the morning and it's now five you know o'clock and you're gonna come and clean up this gym and and get it set and straight and get it right and it's all about teamwork it's all about creating that team ethic and that hard work together and and figuring out what this gym is going to be like and and how it and how it is you know and they've you know lucas and ethan say they know every square inch of you know the their normal court and their normal gym and they they're kind of figuring this one out and that that's where we get to towards the end of the episode and that's exactly what whitey's after and he he has this brilliant way of making them all feel a bit stupid and a bit dumb about themselves but actually there's a really strong life lesson at the end of it and it it does come to fruition sort of towards the end of the episode and they they all kind of click don't they you know especially the key two um and they go Oh yeah, okay. We we can get on. We can be a team. We can be co-captains, and that's the, the brilliant Whitey effect. The Whitey <laughs> effect. I like that. Well, we get great interaction with Dan and Whitey, where Dan's coming to sort of shut it down and take Nathan out of there. And we get the great line of "Get out of my crap hole, Danny," <laughs> which I absolutely love that. I mean, Seb, how did you find that scene between Whitey and Dan? Oh, I love that. It's when he uh, just turns around, he smiles. He's like, I thought I told you to kill all the cockroaches. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, those two are outstanding, aren't they? Paul Johansson and Barry Corbin, like they are the creme de la creme. And just the chemistry that those two have when they're just going at each other. And... Even right back to the first episode when he's like, it's it's uh, it's old age, Danny. It's called const- uh, constipation. It comes with old age or whatever mm-hmm. he says. And just they've always had that really good back, back and forth. And um, yeah, and uh, Whitey just smiles at Dan because he's like, you're not going to win here, whatever happens. And just he also knows that I think... Whitey knows that Nathan probably has more loyalty to him rather than to Dan, even though Dan is his father. Whitey realizes that. Yeah, he's kind of I like think. pleasantly surprised. I've he kind of looked pleasantly surprised when Nathan says, "Oh, you know, you get out or whatever." He says, "Like, you know, you're the problem. I'm going to play here." Um, so it's really good. I mean, that is, is there much more else to say on on Whitey, or can we move over to Dan? I think we can move to. Have you got any more? To Dan, probably. Let's let's talk about Dan. So Dom, talk to us about Dan's journey. We've spoken a bit already about him and Keith uh, having that interaction. What? Uh, and then he he has good interaction with Nathan. Yeah, well, he starts that. off this episode basically saying to Nathan th- oh, that Haley yeah. is trying to trap him, exactly like um, kind of Deb had trapped him. Um, with the whole baby scenario and this is what plants the seed of doubt and fear into the 17 year old 
lad's mind that this girl isn't taking proper birth control and um it, it kind of sends nathan on a bit of a whirlwind and there's lines like "Haley, you're positively glowing which you know That's comes so off so good. well and then he sort of grins and walks off and it's the delivery perfect, he's just your your perfect bastard i love him he's so good <laughs> We all marry our mothers. That was <laughs> particularly is what. How do you feel about it, Seb? Um, yeah, I think this, um, this whole episode. I don't know if you guys have you guys covered Nathan yet because my this kind of no links to Nathan. Have you no, no, him? no. No, you haven't covered it. Okay, so I'll, I'll kind of chat chat about it more. But it's sort of Dan's riling up of Nathan is sort of. It, this whole episode is a bit like the whole arc of what we've seen so far for, in the whole three series that Dan's riling up of Nathan makes him be a bit of a dick for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nathan through Haley kind of realizes what he's done and sort of becomes that better person just throughout that episode. Mm-hmm. And Dan is at the center of that as he is with most things. And just that line where he, he suddenly turns from trying to give Nathan a stern talking to, whatever Dan tries to talk, tell him, and just turns around and goes, oh, Haley, hi, you look positively glowing. And just the way he delivers it. And like, if you're Haley, you'd know it's anything other than uh, anything but sincere. And yeah, he, oh, Paul Johansson, he's just a genius, isn't he? He yes. really is. I think it's uh, so much more appreciation like the more that you watch it it's just the brilliance that he brings to it like the tone he can do comedy he can do the drama he's yeah angry he can do it all it's amazing um and so where else do we get down so we've spoken about him talking to keith uh where i don't oh he, he speaks to nathan at his house and nathan's changed the locks He's changed the locks, but he still passes him the basketball to take a shot. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get that. (laughs) You know, fair enough. And he have you noticed how? uh, Sorry, before speaking of that shot, have you noticed how uh, Dan sometimes shoots right-handed and sometimes shoots left-handed, depending on if they've flipped the shot? No, I always noticed it. So I think Paul Johansson is left-handed. But the reason I spotted it first time round was because I noticed that he was left-handed. And then there's an, one or two times that he shoots right-handed because I think sometimes they flip the shots mm. um, or they, like, mirror them. And I think they've mirrored them a couple of times to make him look... He then suddenly looks right-handed. And I will, like, go back and watch it and try and pinpoint some because I'm fairly certain that happens and it drives me nuts. <laughs> That's great detail. I love that. I love details like that. I... I had one on the watch along for this one where I noticed that at the beginning when they're in the locker room, the jerseys, they were flipping between the dazzle cloth jerseys and then the ones that have got like the little air holes in that they were flipping between that. I don't know why. Like they must have had some sort of costume change or maybe Two they... nights of shooting. Yeah, yeah, or maybe they they filmed half and then had to come back the next day and film the second half and maybe they put the different jerseys on. I don't know, but... Yeah, I respect the detail to the to the shooting hand. That's awesome. 
uh, he he's continuing to like rile up Nathan about the pregnancy stuff, and Nathan brings up to him about how you know about the school that the scout that had come before that Deb had told him about in the previous episode that Dan had sort of pushed away. And Dan's kind of just continuing to do his reasoning and saying that, you know, there's uh, it wasn't the right time. We can get the scouts there and so on and so forth. And then where where else do we get him, Dom? Is is that is that pretty much it for Dan in this one? Yeah, uh, I guess so. We, we Well, it's just the interactions that he has with um, with Keith, which we've mentioned already when we when we covered Keith. And then right at the end with his big... Um, charming smirk watching keith get piled into the back of a police car oh boy <laughs> yeah yeah okay well let's let's it's it's the like nod it's he he nods i think to the is it to the chief of police or something he gives him a nod or keith a nod he just stood in the background and just gives him like a and it sorry that's a terrible thing to do on a podcast <laughs> and but he gives him that sort of nod and like notice of like yeah i'm still in the background but i fully orchestrated this mm. and it's a it's a great way to end the episode especially having what's just happened with karen and keith yeah for sure it's uh it just like you said it shows that he's orchestrating it all he's always in control which is uh yeah perfect he is the puppet master he yeah he pulls all the strings love it well let, let's talk about nathan's we haven't spoken much too much about him Dommy, where does Nathan start? Nathan again starts at the beginning where he sees Nathan starts at the beginning, what a stupid thing to say, but he um <laughs> sort of walks out of the gym and he sees Dan and he says, God, the worst thing about um losing is seeing you uh after the game and that's where Dan's like, Well stop losing then, you know. <laughs> it's quite quite an easy fix, isn't it? <laughs> um and this is where Dan puts the fear of um your he makes a comment about your like ex-wife and Nathan's like, she's still my wife and uh, basically starts putting the fear of she's trying to trap you and trick you into having a baby. And then you, you're permanently connected and that's what's going to happen. And he, this works on him. Everything that Dan seems to plant and push through to Nathan seems to get through. And it, it's quite sad really, because you wish he had the, a little bit more about him to either be able to go and ask other people. So someone like Lucas or Keith or Karen, whether, you know, that's true and kind of for a bit more support around that, but he, he takes it all in. It kind of stews within his brain and then he acts up and goes about things the wrong way. And then he starts sort of looking through cupboards and checking birth control pills and kind of interrogates Haley. And this puts Haley under quite a bit of pressure and Haley quite rightly pushes back and says, "You know, it takes two to tango. You're just as much in, you know, in control of this and responsible for this as I am. It's not all all on me." Um, and she, there's kind of one moment where she storms out and is just like, "You're making this almost like you're making this marriage untenable." And I pulled a a, a face when she made her comment and then stormed out because she's pretty much done that from the beginning of the marriages. <laughs> so. Wait, she wait. She says, um, "Your your future as a basketball player is certain or clear or something." But my fu- my future secure. is your what? Yes, yeah, secure. There we go. Thanks, sir. But my uh, future, finish it off. First. My future is your wife, isn't <laughs> something like that, isn't it? 
is un uh, what is it exactly is Seb it, you yeah. got it come on I know you got it not so much or something not so much your future as a basketball player is secure but your future is my so yeah much. i love i love that Slam storm story. out though i thought that was like a really good line delivery and then i mean yeah it's a bit melodramatic sure but teenagers plus even if they weren't sometimes we get melodramatic like i i do it as well and i'll say something and then do whatever and then five minutes later i'm like you're an idiot what are you doing but sometimes you know it happens i mean seb where which side of the coin are you sitting on here are you uh in agreement with nathan or Haley? oh i think Haley makes a really important point that i've not really noticed as much until i rewatched this episode that uh oh something like oh you can talk guy without a condom mm. and like i think nathan's like he's kind of close to having a point but the way he we were a bit careless the next time we should make sure we do x y z as opposed to it just being like Haley, that was irresponsible Haley, why didn't you do this Haley, you need to make sure you do that like i think it's a really important point it does take two to tango like it's not just the woman's responsibility for sure. I mean, Dom, syphilis is for life. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't have a quick enough rebuttal to that. So you you win this round. But Seb, you're going down point, in the Dom point. Dom point to Dom. You can have that one. Just for the record, I am completely clear of all diseases and illnesses. <laughs> Disclaimer. I, I have never been infected with anything of that sort. Um, been, been, been married for 12 years. No, eight years. 12, I've been in a relationship for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear. sighs> Damn you, Dom. We well, <laughs> standard, standard Ravens podcast. Well, um, I agree completely. Yeah, it takes two to tango. Why is it all her responsibility? He, why did he not check if he was, you know, if he's not going to protect himself, then he needs to also check what the situation is. But I mean, like she said. She was caught up in the moment and was, you know, wanted to be with her husband. Yes, that, you know, is not the best uh, idea or best thing to do. But, hey, stuff happens. Look at you, Nathan. You were born, weren't you? <laughs> you know? It's, uh, so, yeah. Where else? Where else was Nathan? Nathan has some... Uh, Tension with Lucas. I mean, he he decides he he's too good to sweep up at the basketball court. Lucas eventually brings him back round, um, and he does come back round and starts to help out and everything. And it made me think how far we've come from when Nathan trashed the river court with his cronies. You remember? And Dom, you were asking where the council <laughs> was and where their involvement was. Why? <laughs> Lucas is having to fix it, but it was kind of some reminiscent of that a little bit. But eventually they come around and they talk about the dead spot, which I think is really great. 
Um, because what Seb, as you would know from playing basketball, that's a real thing. You can get them little dead spots and the ball just goes. So that's a cool thing that they've written in. Um, what, what did you guys think of that? I mean, the tension was quite quickly relieved between Lucas and Nathan. Seb, Dom, Dom. Oh, oh, yeah, Seb, okay. you go. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I love that moment. It's one when you watch a show. It's one of those moments that stuck with me right from the first time I watched it. Of just like, cause when when Lucas and uh, Nathan fall out towards the end of series two, having been good mates for the large portion for a large portion of series two you kind of think like, okay, yeah, you guys are hating each other now, but eventually you've kind of got to, the series, you're eventually going to get on together, sort of thing. You're not going to hate each other for another nine series. And so when when this does happen, it's a bit like, oh, excellent, we can now carry on with the series sort of thing. And like, they've now got to start winning some basketball games and stuff. But it's just a really nice moment. I think this, I enjoy the show a whole lot more when they get on, apart from anything else, Mm. I think. And when they have nice moments like that, where they suddenly realise that they can actually work together and help each other, as opposed to, as Whitey said, just have pissing contests with each other all match, then everything is just so much better. Yeah, that's a good point. I I agree with that. I never thought about it in that way, but it is just nicer when they get along. It's, you know, and like you said, cause maybe because it's the basketball team stuff as well. It's like you want to see that get better. So, yeah, that's great. And Dom, what what did you think? And you know the whole gym cleaning, the dead sport, all of that stuff. It it just it's a lot more comfortable, isn't it? It's a lot better when they're not kind of uh, loggerheads all the time with each other. And it it does always appear to be Nathan that is like leads that and pushes Lucas away and and makes things more difficult and creates that air of animosity. And when Lucas tries to repair it, it just makes things worse. Um, there have been a few moments where actually Lucas has been at the centre of that, like with the whole Midnight Madness thing. I think Lucas was actually the one that was kind of poking the bear um, with that. And uh, it is so much better. It's much more comfortable to watch when they get on. I think the relationships of kind of the key five get better and are stronger when they're getting on. And it is nice to see them kind of forgive forgive each other. And I completely agree with Seb as well. And it's something that I you know often think about when we're talking about their relationship is that kind of animosity towards each other surely couldn't last to the end of season nine you know that they they couldn't have the the brother relationship that dan and keith have which is just pure animosity and just dislike of each other and with keith it's just like sarcasm and pushback but with dan it's just like he really does not like keith um and that kind of early dynamic between Lucas and Nathan is is to kind of set us up I think to make us think that that is what's going to happen and maybe that comes down the line you know we get to season nine and actually that's when they decide to to fall out you know when Nathan becomes the mayor and Lucas is a a drunk mechanic you know it's just (laughs) it's just kind of going to go that way potentially but um yeah I much prefer it when they're they kind of repair that bridge they work on things. They they don't necessarily have to be chummy chummy, but actually, when they're, it will make them a better unit, especially on the basketball court. 
and I think when they start winning a few games, they'll they'll really appreciate each other, and and I can kind of foresee that the next game they'll kind of win, they'll get a win out of it, and things will start to look up for them, and it'll get you know better and better, and as their relationship improves, the basketball will improve, and I think that's probably the message here. Um, can I add two please, things to that, please? Um, so the first one is that I think generally the the shape of the show, if you like, is that the the children, if you like, or the the younger main characters almost try and right the wrongs of the older generation. So Nathan, obviously, he's not had a great episode particularly, but he is largely since sort of midway through series one been trying to not be like Dan he's like if I go day to day not doing what Dan would do then I think I'm going to be okay sort of thing and uh and so he then he gets he tries to get on with his brother more obviously they've fallen out but now they're they're looking like they're a bit more chummy together and stuff and that it so that it never really feels like it it was going to be another Dan and Keith situation um and also the second one I think is that you, f- I think in series three, having had no basketball in series two, which uh, is one of the reasons why series two, I think, drops off a lot of people's not radars, but drops down people's ratings, is uh, you then want the basketball to be really good this in in this series, or now that it has come back, you want it to be good, and you don't want them particularly throwing punches at each other instead, mm-hmm. and um, so. Yeah, I think now that they're back together, you'll you, it'll be it's good basketball time. I th- I hope this isn't a spoiler, but I will say some of the basketball scenes are incredible in the next se- in this season. I think Simon would agree with that. They are so well done. Hell yeah, no spoiler in that. Yeah, basketball gets amazing. I mean, it's a massive part of why I uh, love the show and you know every we've been over this so many a million times but you know it impacted on me with all of that stuff because i was inspired from it and uh i'm really excited for dom to see that and to you know talk about that all on the podcast and enjoy it so yeah for sure and then on the other side of this completely disconnected from any of of these storylines is the divider the polarizing Peyton Louise Sawyer have I made that up no it's PMS Marie Marie Peyton Marie Sawyer Seb what's your feelings on Peyton generally I really like Peyton I think yeah she's a bit bitchy and like the whole uh first of all you don't know me second of all you don't know me iconic line but like she she is a little bit over the top occasionally but like I kind of like that she's a bit miserable. Not miserable. She's not miserable. That she's she's a little bit darker and a little bit more cynical than everyone else, because teen uh, teen dramas, which I guess you could kind of class this under, it's a bit different, but they do tend to have a feeling of a bit like, oh, everyone's really happy and everyone's like, and the fact that uh, Lucas says, "Why are you a cheerleader? You're not very cheerful," mm-hmm. and that you have your, your cliques and your jocks and your, your cheerleaders and stuff. And she doesn't really fit. She feels like she doesn't fit into any of that, which I think is really quite interesting. 
and so I like that she's a bit almost misunderstood. I don't get how like she lives in that massive house by herself, age sixteen. Like, what does she eat? I have been at uni for three years and I cook nothing but pasta. Like, how does she live? Like, I, I don't get that at all. But uh, yeah, that's like, we accept that in t- uh, TV and film land. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Are you still at uni now? Is this the final year? No, so I graduated in the summer and then I work full time now at school. And so I, I had a boarding house duty tonight, which is why I finished so late. Oh, nice. So, Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, why, thank you. I mean, I'm still going to shame you later in the sing off, <laughs> but we'll be nice now. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I really do hope I. We'll exchange pleasantries first. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the British way. <laughs> yeah. Lulling me into a false sense of security. Yeah. And then I just unleash it like Mouth unleashes his oh, Python. God. Dom, let's talk about Peyton. Talk to us about uh, Peyton's journey here. We're with Mama Peyton. We're going to see Nada Surf, which is not a band that I was familiar with. Dommy, you are familiar with all of the musics. <laughs> was this a was this a musics that you was familiar I am with? First and foremost, not familiar with all the music. I even said last week that there's a lot of bands coming through that are kind of like very sort of Amer- American indie kind of groups that I have never heard before. Um, but no, I had never heard of this lot before either. And Peyton's journey with, with Ellie is to go and encourage bands to perform for their like charity album that they're putting together and they've got some they got some big ones on there you know fallout boy is, is is on there and they you know they're they're pretty massive so that's good and ellie's like let's let's you know let's go and get these guys and she talks her way into the club by pretending to be like a manager on the phone and the guy just just lets them in just no fuss just in you go and she's kind of that encouraging element now to Peyton I I mean what's good is that she's not teaching her how to do anything wrong she's kind of teaching her how to kind of win her way which I think is a good thing is that that I didn't see anything negative in this like in their way of kind of sneaking into this club and being a bit cheeky about it I I didn't see a negative element to it I saw it as a you've got to be bold you've got to be brave you've got to be you know persistent and you've got to go for what you want to go for and I really thought this was encouraging it and actually it's kind of parental advice that Peyton has probably not had for a very long time. And it, it was nice to see. I actually thought they had a good episode. It, it wasn't, it, it it didn't fill up too much of the episode. It wasn't an issue. And, you know, you could see the almost anxiousness about Peyton, but she, she just, she went for it in the end, you know, with that gentle push of encouragement. And Ellie went, no, no, I'm staying back. This is this is your gig. You got to go for this. And actually, that was nice to see. I I actually quite enjoyed enjoyed their scene, and she she won the day, didn't she? She won the day. They're coming on to the to the album. Seb, how do you feel about it all? Um, I really like it. I think it's like you said it didn't go on too long it did because the main obviously the main sort of storyline this week was um nathan and Haley. it was all that sort of thing but like this acted as a nice sort of 
respite if you like not that it necessarily needed but obviously you don't want 40 minutes of one storyline and uh but and also i just think it's generally really important to peyton as well that this like the relationship that she is slowly building with ellie and uh also the relationship with music as well that she's kind of starting to harbor and when ellie says yeah no go on you're by yourself now off you go and she goes up and she's done this a couple i think i can't remember if she's done this once before but she does know her stuff like she, and she always impresses people by saying oh yeah when you released this album it was all about this and like you're about this and i and i think that's always what attracts bands to her is that she is first and foremost just a really big music fan she's not just someone who's like oh i've heard you're a good group i want to i want to sign you for my album it's there's genuine passion there yeah for sure that is yeah and that's exactly what does it isn't it so she knew about the album that the label didn't want to put out and they put it out anyway and all of those little details so yeah that's really cool and then like dom said yeah she wins the day she got she got them on the album they're writing it all on the door i mean these people must be painting doors and sanded down doors all of the time the amount of stuff they're writing and painting on there but that's all really nice and dom your prediction had come right because it looks like she's living there now right that's our sort of assumption of it so that's good happy about Um, that yeah very happy with the she says it's uh like a business transaction this is kind of it's only business i'm here to help you you know create this charity album which you know eventually we got to the bottom of and help you kind of publicize your friend um but it's i think it's going to be more than that because we know we we all know that she's not taking any medication it's against doctor's recommendations because she still has the opportunity to you know either be more comfortable or make improvements to her condition and she isn't doing that so uh, i think it will become uh support ellie either through recovery or to end of life still (laughs) there we go we will find out we will find out well, I think that covers most of the characters. So, but I think if we go into judgments, we'll be able to elaborate on you know any ones that you didn't get to talk about, Seb, and you know in general. So we'll go into judgments. We'll go into the sing-off, and then we will go into the watch along. But first, if you are enjoying this episode of the podcast, and of course you are, how could you not? Then please help us out and check out RavensHoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through. But Seb, they also go through nets. Ravens hoops dot net. It almost sounded like you were doing that against your will, there, Seb. <laughs> nets. Yeah, hi. And so behind Ma- my back. Marty. Marty from the last nets. episode I must say was nets. in Seb's room, like threatening him <laughs> for us. Yeah, yeah he's underneath my desk here. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for the moment that someone comes on, a raven comes on, and doesn't know what we're doing. <laughs> like they they haven't been listening or something. But uh, no, perfect. Okay, so yeah, hoops and backboards. <laughs> yeah, rings, rims. What is it? Well, Seb, as our guest, let's start with you. Who is your favourite performer of this episode? Oh, I. I feel like it's it's kind of it feels like a bit of a cop out answer because she's always up there. But Joy Lenz, I think, did really a really good job this week. Mm-hmm. I think because 
she clearly wants to be back with Nathan, but when he's being a bit of, when he's being like he is, you, and you can tell that she's really hurt by what he's said, like genuinely hurt by it. And I think Nathan doesn't really fully appreciate that until she goes full, uh, your uh, future is my husband, not so much, and slams the door. And I think that whole, it's all kind of really encapsulated in that, that you really get, how hurt she is by nathan's comments yeah for sure good choice for me <laughs> i i am going for <laughs> it feels Tommy's like here it. to stay isn't it <laughs> it's it it's feels old... right it feels right <laughs> another four years of this dom <laughs> dom dommy dommy <laughs> yeah in fact i like it i like dommy's reserved for me it's like my little pet name when you're on heads on the pillow and I'm stroking the back of your hair and say night night Dommy matching pajamas as discussed earlier. Mm. Who's the big spoon? Who it's normally got, who's yeah, the big spoon? Isn't it? It's got to be the Colonel. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got one hand stroking his I hair. Thought... My other hand is on his throat, <laughs> choking him. So God. call me Colonel now. Does the colonel not request to be Little Spoon occasionally? Or, uh... <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes the colonel wants to be held. Yeah. The colonel's feeling a bit vulnerable when he wants a cuddle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> call me colonel. He's had a long day. <laughs> <laughs> Rub my back and call me colonel, please. Put the I mean, kettle on. The, just the eroticism, the homoeroticism as well, is just like flowing through the roof. I, I think this episode really shows our love for each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable and happy with it. Just, just do I it. have no choice. Well, who's your favorite? Prof- <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who's your who? Who's your favorite uh, performer? I'm giving it to Mr. Craig Sheffer today. He's returned. He's come back straight back into the role. Like there wasn't even a gap. Um, has really good like personal moments with. Um, you know Karen and Lucas and and comes across really well and also has that kind of cheeky strength about him as well that he takes to to Dan's office and I I think he just came across really well in this episode so yeah uh, it goes to Craig Sheffer from my perspective and Simon (laughs) who is yours Mine is Bethany Joy Lenz as well. We're not comfortable or confident enough yet to just call her Joy. <laughs> we feel like we need to meet her first and then say, um, like, she goes by Joy Lenz now, doesn't she? No, she does. She does, but we're not we're not up to date up to date with that yet. <laughs> oh, I see. We're, I don't. When, I don't know. What... Yes, you're still in 2005. Exactly. Forever. We're always in 2005. Uh, but yeah, for the same reasons that you said, she uh, she just gives a great performance. I mean, I think it's maybe fair to say that she's the strongest actor of the younger actors. I mean, they're all really good, but I think she's definitely up there for it. Uh, Seb, who is your favourite character of the episode? Uh... So I, I'd go honourable mentions to Whitey because for all the men- uh, reasons that we mentioned earlier, just his tough love and his his just his Whiteyisms, they're great. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Five o'clock rolls around awful early, <laughs> and uh, it's just oh, so good. But 
I, he just wasn't in it quite long enough for me. So uh, I went for Keith. I mean, he's back. It's just great to see him back. And also, uh, he grounds a lot of people. And the way he riles up Dan, now that Dan thinks is, is certain that Keith tried to kill him, just like, there was always tension there, but it was always a little bit like, there was always a little bit almost jokey. It was all a little bit jokey as well. Sorry, I can't speak. <laughs> um, like... Uh, a little bit to and fro but now it's just sort of there's just pure hatred between both of them because of what uh dan did with jules to keith and what dan uh thinks that keith did to him and it's just pure hatred now and it's ramped up and it's really fun to watch yeah great points Dominico, uh, my I've gone for like the power duo and actually like my power duo anyway, and I've actually given my favourite character of this episode to Whitey, um, although he wasn't in it um, for the length of time that I would like, and you know exactly like Seb had said, it, it, it almost feels like there's not enough Whitey. Um, I still think he he had a standout performance for me and and was very much in control, and he's kind of got Lucas and Nathan back onto. So like a level playing field and, and being, you know, amicable towards each other and is really pushing, pushing the team um, to, to be better and pushing these, these guys to be better. So, yeah, Whitey, I, like, I thought he was great. Um, what about you, Simon? Eek, it's Keith. What a slab of beef. Period. <laughs> Seb, who is your favourite line of the episode? Oh... I mean, it has to be, uh, I always had a pair, Danny, just ask your wife. <laughs> ah, that's what the setup was. We were trying to work out what the setup was to that earlier. So yeah, I always had a pair, ask your wife. Classic, great line. Dommy? Get out of my crap hole, Danny. <laughs> great line. <laughs> It's really difficult for me because they're both they're, they are both the lines that I wanted to pick. It was going to be one of those two. Ah, uh, I'm not sure which one. I think the I think the ask your wife kind of just like was a stinging punchline out of nowhere. It was just an absolute <laughs> zing, isn't it? Yeah. It was so quick. It was so quick. So good. So I mean, I'll pick that one. What about your favourite background performer, Dom? What's the one of line question? or less, please? I I got nervous that you wasn't gonna know what I was saying and thought that I was, but I'm so sorry that I doubted you. It's a week. I'm so it's sorry, Seb. Um, <laughs> I must admit, can, does singing count as a line? Because I would love to choose the not a surf lead singer. I'm, but I'm, he obviously I'm a, sung a lot of lines. I'm okay with it. Dom, how do you feel about it? Just, it was just the way, I mean, people on the podcast, but it's just the way his shoulders were rocking back and forth at the mic stand while he was singing. And he just, I don't know, it just looked a bit sort of awkward. Like like when people are in a crowd, like are in that sort of crowd, and there's clearly no music playing, and they're told to like look like they're having a good time, and they're sort of like, <laughs> yeah. just waving their hands randomly in the air, not in time to the music. And it just looked a bit like that, just the way he was sort of just bobbing his shoulders up and down. And he would have been miming, right? Probably, yeah, almost certainly, yeah. Yeah, probably. I think, I, th- yeah. 
because they yeah because they then put the actual recorded version this is always my favorite thing about they because then you get effects in those like live performances that they've put in the recordings of the studio versions that you'd never be able to re- recreate live right right it's like ah yes multiple uh multiple uh vocals at the same time <laughs> they're a talented person <laughs> excellent Dom, your favourite background? It's when the police turn up at the end and they use some basically quite excessive force. There's like nine police cars just to take one man away. Um, But there's the police officer that he has more than one line because he uh, is the one that arrests Keith and puts the handcuffs on. But his partner that is standing incredibly close to Karen and Keith with his gun, with his arms straight out, gun pointed straight at Keith's head... It was just completely unnecessary, um, but it goes to to that police officer because he was just totally unnecessary but brilliant at the same time. So, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm just imagining he just accidentally sneezes and just <laughs> and just blows Keith's head off. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. You know, like in Pulp Fiction with John Travolta, where he kills. Imagine. He, yeah, he kills Marvin by accident when they go over his speed pump. He's like, oh my God, I killed Marvin. <laughs> is Marvin? I think his name's Marvin. Anyway, mine is the bouncer that lets um, Peyton and um, Ellie in because he doesn't, say, he doesn't say anything. He just lets him in. But yeah. Um, Favourite song, Seb? That always confuses me. He just there's only one that I had to shazam it, but it was the only one that sort of stuck out to me was uh, the blues by Switchfoot, who I believe are the same people that sung the song that played during Nathan Haley's first kiss. Yes, that's correct. I remember his day to move. That's right. Yeah, I remember that because Emily chose that when uh, she came on. Yeah. Good song. I Dom. also had to Shazam it, but I've gone for The Blues by Switchfoot, which was played at the end with Karen and Keith, and then Keith being arrested. So, yeah, same song. Sai? I, yeah. Uh, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what it was called, but it was the other one that was playing with when Keith and Karen were uh, kissing at the end. So we got a full house on that one, which moves us to the precious, precious rating seb did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation yeah did it increase decrease or stay the same during the duration of this conversation it has just about stayed the same i was close to budging i won't say which way i was close to budging but i have i've stayed the same i'm kind of between two numbers I don't know which way to go. I'm sort of stuck. So I might say mine and then I might be convinced to uh, to go another way. You never know. Or I might go with, with the other option. We'll see. Okay. Well, we're going to do this and we're going to sing off. We've got four minutes. On three. One, two, three. Eight. 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 Easy money. Ah. Easy money. Don, were you thinking of going seven or going uh, nine? I was thinking of going nine. I wasn't sure if this was a nine or not, and I thought, Ooh. no, there's 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 better episodes to be had, but this is still a pretty good episode, so that's why I went for eight. And Seb, exactly my thought process. Okay, nice. <laughs> perfect. Okay, so how, this is what I'm thinking, right? 
we'll do we'll do keeping up appearances because it's uh it kind of it just registers with my vocal tones it's kind of just you know in there uh i'll do the i'll do the line and then you repeat the line i think that's a fair way and we can do like the first four lines you've you've like rigged the game already you said you're picking this song because it fits with your vocal register that's not fair that's Oh. That's fine. Oh, that's I'll sing any song Fuck he wants you, to sing. Yeah, I've got this. <laughs> if if he wants the home court advantage, <laughs> then go for it. Seb, Seb, if you want to step on to my little... A dub on the road is a dub. <laughs> if you want to step on to my little piece of river court right here, then bring it, okay? Bring it. Okay. Didn't you tell someone off for stepping on it a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, no, they kissed it and then I had to clean it. <laughs> oh. Someone. Oh, no, no. It's also concrete that people have trodden on. Why would you want to kiss I it? I mean, I kissed it. I just don't want him kissing it also. It was oh, a thing. Sorry. It was fine. I had to clean it in the middle of the night because I got nervous, mm. but it's a whole different thing. They try and distract me. They try and bring up negative memories to get me <laughs> off my game. Okay. Dom, you'll have to. We'll, should, we'll open it up to the comments, okay? So, Dom, I would, I would appreciate. We'd appreciate if you give your initial reaction of a judgment, but your judgment means nothing because you're not important. The listeners can give in the comments what they think, okay? <clears throat> one, two, three. One, two, three. Let me just get it. One, two, three. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> Ah, ah, ah. Okay, it's coming. The song's in four, by the way, Simon. Just It's in four? It's yeah. One, two, four three, seconds? Four. Not, not one, in two, three. three. One, two. Four beats. One, two... Yeah. Sorry, I, I, the, my singing well, school really was German, um, so we did it. Eins <laughs> by Dry. <Is> it <laughs> you did it in Eins by Dry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> classically trained by the five (laughs) it's bobsleigh time it's bobsleigh time (laughs) you know how i I was classically trained by the germans so (laughs) okay yeah keeping up appearances keeping up appearances oh no that was really good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, this is where I get you. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. <laughs> that was really good. Talking to myself. <laughs> no. <laughs> no like, that well was... done, Simon. <laughs> Wow, no, for real, that was really good. You have a very beautiful voice. Oh, why, thank you. You have a very beautiful voice as well. Uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) Game respects game. Nice. (laughs) Well, people, 
be kind to me in the comments. <laughs> but Seb, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, and uh, this has been great. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed your insight, Dom. Yeah, it's been great to to meet you, and I've kind of seen you in and about Instagram, and it's brilliant to get the chance to talk to you. And you brought uh, some some great insight and uh, uh, great laughs to to this episode. And so, thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, look forward to to you joining us again in the future. And he's gone. <laughs> this, is, uh, this has been a blast. So, uh, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. oh you froze a second. You, you froze oh, a second. You're back, night, you're back, you're back. Nightmare. Um, let's wrap this before my internet <laughs> completely gives up. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. Well, that's... Let's Ravens on free. Dom's got to do it in Norwegian because it was uh, it was asked for, requested. So Get my count us in. Posture Dom. right, as explained earlier. So uh, this is my poor attempt at Norwegian, but thank you for the request. <laughs> Ravens on three. <laughs> One, two, three. Ravens. 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 <laughs> so bad. <laughs> uh, uh.